0: Welcome to ZulcanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. All right, woohoo! Welcome to Silkanacast. episode nineteen: Stomach Acid and Strict Strength. SS. SS. I'm your host, Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner, and with me is the lovely Hannah Weidevin. Woo! Hi.
1: Hi. Hi, guys. Hannah, how have the how's your week been? Um, fine. Fine. It's fine. It's long. hmm Yeah. My days are like 12 to 14 hours right now.
0: Whoa.
1: I know. But, you know, I always say like one day, one day I'm going to be less stressed. Yeah. So far, I don't know when that day will be. <laughs> I think tomorrow i will be less stressed. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but I'm just going to think that way and then it will be true. Yeah. But I did discover something great this week steward cafe offers a breakfast called the grand scam Mm. and it's two eggs two pork sausage links one pancake one serving of hash browns
0: whoa it
1: is like everything i wanted a breakfast and it's only 10 bucks and i'm just like ugh, i ate it twice this week good that's like pure glory right there it's like everything i need it's got protein it's got fat it's got carbs it's like pre-workout deliciousness (laughs) and then he feels so
0: good during those workouts
1: and they have this pancake called the vegan pancake the vegan fluffy and i don't know what what it like why it's vegan maybe no egg but it is so fluffy it really is It's so good so that's kind of picked me up this week fluffy like like cake like fluffy or different it's just different it's like it's just like not you know sometimes you can make a pancake that's really dense yeah it's just, like, airy and mm. so good. Yeah. So that's been the highlight of my week. <laughs> you know when a pancake is the highlight of your week that you, are like, really need to take a break? Yeah.
0: Well, hey, hopefully tomorrow, if you keep on thinking it. Yeah,
1: I'm going to breakfast tomorrow. For that? Well, <laughs> one of my buds is moved back to town mm. and is in our body of death program. Oh, hey. You might know him. Uh-huh and by the way if you guys don't know what body adapt is it's the the bombiest bomb bombness it's the best yeah it is it is it's a beginner fitness and nutrition uh six week program that we've developed here lucia does one night a week of nutrition and then coach jen does two nights a week of fitness it's so good if you're brand new and you need like extra love and affection It's so supportive and we're only, we're only
0: about two weeks into our current round right now, but it is so much fun. Everyone, everyone is such a joy to have in class. Like I I finished the nutrition class and I'm like, Ooh, ooh, like let's, let me teach another five. Like, let's go. Having a good time. Yeah. Having a good time. Talking
1: about blood sugar. Yeah. And the next one starts October 30th. And if you sign up now, you get a little discount. Yeah. But it's really good. Super fun. You can find out information about it on the website, SoConnaFitness.com. Yep. And, uh, or you can just email coach at It's
0: so easy. Yeah. You have to. You gotta. You gotta.
1: Moving on. Moving on. Shameless plug. That's good. I'm having breakfast tomorrow <laughs> with my bud. I'm probably going to do the 1130 class, and then I'm just going to go home. Yes.
0: Uh, well, speaking of breakfast, um, I would say this last week I have been totally into egg bakes I saw that Dude You put it all over Facebook All over the Facebook All <laughs> over the Scram uh, All over Twitter
1: All over that, um, that uh, essential omnivore
0: Yeah Essentially eating egg bakes day in day out I took a really uh, Not a really long But I took a quite a break from eggs Or from like eating
1: Yeah because were you thinking that they might be like an allergen for you
0: yeah and that's that's not something new for me but i was this past summer is really focused on healing my gut and taking out any foods that i thought might be triggering something so eggs were especially out they were if i had one here or there not a big deal but my gut's been feeling really good and i'm so excited about that because that means that i've been able to eat eggs and i've been feeling good
1: oh i just love eggs i love me some eggs oh one of our clients brought some eggs from his chickens that he has in his backyard backyard and they were so fresh (laughs) like I cracked one into a bowl and then I cracked one that I bought from the store into a bowl next to it and like the one he gave me was so rich in color Mm. and it was not as big as the one I got from the store um and the one from the store was like organic or whatever too but it was just so much better color Beautiful. Got me so excited. Oh. I made the best omelet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, should we talk about our subjects? Uh Uh-huh. Cool. Let's talk about our bellies. Yes. Well, let's actually talk about above our belly. Oh. I think that that's something that um I think when people think about their stomach or they're like, Oh, I have a stomach ache, or my stomach feels upset. 9 out of 10 times they're doing that if you if you're like around them in person I bet their hand is like above their yeah. belly button. Right. They're like ow
1: my intestines hurt. Yeah, so and actually No one says that. It's like not cool to say it. No. You could say my gut <laughs> hurts, yeah, but no, no one wants to like, say they were. Oh a gut. my colon. Oh. <laughs> oh, my large intestine is so full of poop right now. Oh my <laughs> my colon.
0: <laughs> ow. <laughs> Yeah. So, are actually, if you're, if you do have a stomach ache, you you could have an authentic stomach ache. But if you're saying that and your hand is lower, likely your intestines. It, that's what you're feeling. Your intestines are going to be down lower. Above that, if you go to your sternum or where the place where your rib cage, the two sides of your rib cage meet, that's actually where your stomach is. So it's a lot
1: higher. Yeah. People. Like, people get cramps in there a lot. Uh And then they're like, oh, I have a stitch. I'm like, no. Did you just eat, like, right before you worked out? (laughs) Your stomach is, like, trying to get that food to turn into smaller food. (laughs) Your stomach's working hard. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Now we know where the stomach is. Okay. So when we eat food, we take it in, we chew it up, we swallow. It goes down our esophagus into our stomach. So that's really the first organ that is digesting the food um what is stomach acid stomach acid is a digestive fluid it's also known as gastric acid
1: gastric juice so that oh yuck yeah let me get some of that gastric juice <laughs> that's I like something you my order, gastric juice. you order it like a really fancy bar
0: yeah ju- uh, ju- gastric.
1: yeah I, oh my god <laughs> yes i bet you if you went to the marvel bar and you were like Yo, can you make me a gastric juice? They would whip something up for you and just pretend that's what it was. And then you would have no friends. Yeah, because you'd be drinking bile. Yeah. People would
0: be like, uh, did someone just throw up? <laughs> uh, we're not going to be doing that today. So All right, good. we're going to keep that gastric juice. We're going to try very hard and keep it in our stomachs. But we'll talk about what happens when it does not stay in the stomach because um, that's also interesting. Oh, like if it leaks out into your body? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. though. Okay, okay.
1: So uh-huh. I'll, I'll slow down
0: <laughs> You know, you're so excited <laughs> Stomach acid Okay, so stomach acid It's in our stomach It's there to b- help break down our food That's where uh, One of the first areas of chemical Breakdown happens So the acidity of that stomach acid It's breaking down all food But it's especially breaking down dietary proteins That you're eating What is it made out of? It's part hydrochloric acid There's some potassium chloride and some sodium chloride. There's some other stuff in there too, but those are kind of the main components of stomach acid. Sure. Hannah, can you guess what the ideal range on a pH scale? So pH scale, I'm sure you know, but just to talk about it. So pH scale um, goes up to 14. Something that's acidic is going to be lower on the scale. Something that's neutral is at a seven. Can you guess the ideal and average acidity of the stomach acid i'm gonna say four that's really close is it yeah so stomach acid there's a range but it's between 1.5 to
1: 3.5 really gets yeah. as low as 1.5 yeah damn yeah so around the that three, shit can burn through it's hydrochloric acid man yeah yeah don't drop that on don't don't puke on stuff don't puke on stuff if you want it to stay nice <laughs> That's just a general rule. That's Hannah's house rule. I have a rule for you. <laughs> if you puke on stuff, you should clean it up right then. Well, the right is just going to be burning It's going to be burning. You're going to burn a hole in your couch. Don't do it. Especially if you were drinking. Ooh. Especially if you were drinking moonshine. Or
0: gastric juice.
1: Or that juice Give me <laughs> some of that G-juice. <laughs> I can see a song being written about gastric juice. Anyone, feel free to write a song about gastric yeah, juice. Yeah, Just like Purple Drink. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so
0: the range 1.5 to 3.5, very acidic. Th- around three on the pH scale is about the acidity of lemon juice. So think about okay. that as, yep. as a range. Okay. We want our stomach acid to be there, right? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. If we have low stomach acid, then there's a higher likelihood that proteins will not be fully digested. That foods are just going to kind of sit, hang out in our stomach because it'll take longer for that lower stomach acid to digest that amount of food. Yeah. Than if you had more stomach acid.
1: And you might notice that you get dun, 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 dun. heartburn. <gasps> heartburn. Right? Yeah. Remember when we talked about that on a different episode? Yeah. I remember stuff I like it, you Hema. teach me.
0: <laughs> Such a good student. Yeah.
1: Well, the other day I woke up with heartburn. Oh, my God. And I've, like, almost never had heartburn in my life. Huh. Um, even though my my voice is constantly being lost. So every doctor's like, maybe you have acid reflux. But I really don't. Yeah. Uh, but we had, we went out and had, we didn't go anywhere. We were in our backyard. We went outside and had, like, three glasses of wine. Mm. And the next morning, and, and I don't think we ate a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next morning, both both of us woke up with heartburn. Ouch. But I took some shots of apple cider vinegar, and it was like, boom. Gone. Girl. Just gone.
0: I love that you had said that because, A, that's very much my challenge for you and for the podcast because I wasn't sure if you got heartburn very much. No,
1: I don't. But that one time, I yeah. remember what you said. You Acid will help with the acid You yes. need acid on your acid
0: yes so we'll be talking about that <laughs> again and a little bit more in detail on this episode because the episode we were talking about before was all about the full digestive tract that's right so we went over all those different organs okay but let's talk about the stomach acid a little bit more yep so acid is the first step where proteins are being broken down in the body and they're being broken down into long chains of amino acids in addition cells in the stomach also produce a little bit of bicarbonate which is more alkaline so again we're thinking about a pH scale here and that's gonna help buffer the fluid to keep it at the right pH range okay so there's stomach is mainly there's acid happening in there but there's also a little bit of bicarbonate to help buffer it as needed sure in addition stomach is also going to create mucus to be lining between the acid and the actual stomach wall because even though the smarts st- yeah smart. even though the stomach is supposed to have acid there you still want to make sure that it's protected in case acid ever gets too high yeah
1: yeah you don't want that stuff burning through your stomach no is that how you can ulcer aha
0: oh
1: hannah i like your train of thought today i'm just thinking about <laughs>
0: stuff you know so we'll, we'll get there we will get there When that stomach acid mixes with food and it starts that initial breakdown, that mixture is called chyme. Okay, yeah.
1: I've heard that. Yeah. But like about
0: cows. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay. They're digesting a lot. So that chyme... Like seven times? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should uh, have a a guest that's a cow.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) If anyone knows a good cow that would come on and be eloquent and well-spoken and can fit in the office... We're interested. Yeah. Holla. Okay. That chyme, which is
0: now an acidic paste that broken down food and mixed with the stomach acid, that's going to, the next stop after the stomach is our small intestine. So it travels down into the small intestine, into the duodenum. And that area of the small intestine is where additional bicarbonate, that alkaline uh, product, comes in to re-neutralize that very acidic paste, the chyme. So our organs need to be, they each need to be working how they each need to be working in order to inform as that food travels down. Right. So if your stomach acid is too low, it's still going to go through its process. There still will be chyme. It's still going to mix with food, but maybe the ratio's off. Maybe it's lower. So that less acidic chyme is still going to go into the small intestine, but it may not, trigger that bicarbonate release the way it would if it were at a more proper level right so i I always want to reinforce that when we think about the digestive tract if someone does have uh let's say issues with maybe they think their bacteria is off in their gut they think that their small intestine isn't working right for abc reason you always want to look up look north of that process so what's informing the small intestine where it's off kilter What's informing the large intestine. Yeah. Which a lot of the time is going to be the stomach. Sounds right to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other thing that's really important about stomach acid is that we want it to be breaking down those proteins, right? Yeah. We also, when we have appropriate levels of stomach acid, that's going to ward off any pathogens, bad bacteria, parasites. Ooh. That should kill those bad guys. So if we have low stomach acid, those have a higher likelihood of traveling through and deeper into our system. So
1: then you might have like diarrhea or something. Sure. Like if a parasite gets in there. Sure.
0: Yep. (sighs) Then maybe someone else, if they had higher stomach acid, if they ate, let's say they drank the same infected water that you did where you got that parasite, they would possibly be able to fight it off. Okay.
1: So recently we had our staff party. (laughs) And, and half the staff got sick with a neurovirus. Mm. And the other half of the staff didn't get sick with the neurovirus. But we were all sharing the same foods. Did some of us just have better stomach acid? Could be. That would be quite the experiment
0: to figure out <laughs> who has better stomach acid. You can all come see so me. So many
1: other factors, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
0: I was fine, so how so about that's, that? That's good. Pretty good stomach acid. Yeah. That plus you don't really get heartburn too often, except for that one time in particular. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. I have a question. Yeah. Um. It seems like there are certain foods that would that trigger, like heartburn in people, or like in this case, alcohol. Uh huh. Well, it's why, why are those foods like? If you just have like you know pretty decent stomach acid, are there foods that will cause an imbalance that are generally causing problems, or do those people just have low stomach acid, and that's the problem?
0: I think I think it can go hand in hand. Okay. So what's happening for most people when they have heartburn is that they likely have low stomach acid. In general, when someone has heartburn, what do they take commonly? To calcium
1: d- or like something that's new that's a uh, base?
0: An antacid.
1: Yeah, right? Isn't that, isn't that what uh, like Tums is calcium carbonate, isn't it?
0: Yep. So Yeah, so they're taking something to neutralize that true acid and bring it up the pH scale to something more neutral. So in the moment when you're feeling that heartburn, you're feeling that acid coming up into your esophagus, neutralizing that will feel good because that's acid in a place that it should not be. Right. We don't want acid in our esophagus. That's not meant to have acid there.
1: Right. Feels bad.
0: Feels bad. Unfortunately, what happens is that when people are doing that, they're only treating the symptom and they're not treating the cause
1: yeah and it doesn't feel good for that long because honestly I used to take tums all the time when I had a stomach ache like yeah. when I got pain in my actual stomach yeah or in my intestines and now I'm all about that apple cider vinegar or, or kombucha because right? it's like it's like instant like mm-hmm. I took the apple cider vinegar shot and my heartburn was instantly gone I was like this is crazy it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So awesome. Of course, it tastes disgusting. But it's worth it. But it's worth the vinegar taste. It comes into effect much quicker.
0: Okay. And uh, let me break down again why that low stomach acid is causing that heartburn in the first place. Yeah. It's happening typically, and this is not for everyone, but for the majority of people, it's because higher processed foods, starchier foods, alcohol, sugars, all of those they're coming into a stomach that is not properly acidic they're going to hang out in that stomach for a longer amount of time because it's it's more difficult it's more of a burden on the stomach to be digesting them Right. when it's more of a burden and they're sitting there for a longer amount of time then they might start to ferment Ooh. right when they're fermenting they're going to release some CO2 yeah that's going to release some um, essentially that's going to make the stomach larger it's going to put pressure on that you might that burp da- might burp some co2 out or what y- you might burp it's going to put pressure on the valve that separates the esophagus from the stomach uh uh-huh. when there's pressure on that valve then there's likelihood that that valve can open when it opens yeah then the contents of the stomach which should stay in the stomach are going to go back upstream Ooh, into i the felt that
1: before. Yeah. When you're like, I'm burping up my lunch.
0: Yes. That's not good. It's not supposed to happen. Right. Because when you're taking... So when you're taking the Tums for that, that's making it feel better in the esophagus, but it's not changing anything in the stomach. Right. Versus when you take apple cider vinegar for that. It might not feel so great in the esophagus, but as soon as it hits the stomach, that's going to kickstart that process of digesting and moving the foods through.
1: Can... Can this also happen, like, if you're, if you got too full, or, like, yep. can you then feel that because it's, like, trying to break down too much food for the n- amount of stomach acid there actually is? Yes, exactly. And that, and uh, that and also can fast? put that pressure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because I definitely have felt that, like, you know, when you're, like, at a potluck or something, you just eat, like, one of everything really yes. quick? Yes. And and then you feel that way. That makes sense. Yeah. That your body's, like, hey. <laughs> That's a little too much too soon.
0: Right. Okay. So things that cause stomach acid to be depleted: stress, lack of sleep, lack of nutrients, stuff that is very common. I feel like we say the same things a lot. Yeah, we do. We <laughs> do. Like, because eat
1: well. Sleep often. Yeah.
0: Relax. Stop Manage stressing your stress. Out. Get some exercise. It's it's not rocket science, but it it's so hard because that's lifestyle and that's life that you need to change in order to feel the effects from that. Truth. That truth. Okay. So when someone commonly has heartburn and they're going about their day, they're going to their doctor, they're saying, Hey, I have heartburn. This sucks.
1: And the doctor's like, let me give you some Prilosec OTC for the rest of your life. Thank you.
0: Yes. They get a proton pump inhibitor, which is, there's Prilosec, there's Prevacid, Nexium, uh, Capodex, there are a bunch of different ones.
1: Yeah. And, like, once you start taking it, you have to keep taking more and more for the rest of your damn life. I believe that originally they were only intended to be
0: used for a two-week period. Yeah. But that's never how anyone uses them anymore. So... Unfortunately, with that, that is the same idea as the Tums. They're trying to lower stomach acid because they're trying to get rid of that acidic, <sighs> burny feeling. I'm sighing. I'm rolling my eyes. If, if anyone... They're doctors. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But if, if anyone is on a PPI, proton pump inhibitor, um, there are different protocols that you can use to slowly either wean off or just kind of come off of that. Um Subject for a different podcast. Or, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: or personal experimentation. Maybe yeah, Speaking yeah. to a doctor you trust.
0: Right, exactly. But it, it can be done and you can restore stomach acid levels to an appropriate range. So the other thing that can go wrong, um, you can get a bacterial infection in your stomach. A really, really common one is H. pylori. That is what leads to stomach ulcers most of the oh. time. Oh, So I will say, while everyone, not everyone, majority of people would likely benefit from increasing stomach acid, if you do have a stomach ulcer, you want to take one step before increasing that stomach acid, and you want to heal the ulcer. Because if you have an ulcer, and then you put in a bunch of stomach acid, that's going to feel like crap. Yeah. So you need to soothe and heal using a different protocol to make sure your stomach is ready and prepared. For the increased stomach acid.
1: Yeah, you don't want that leaking into your body.
0: No, you don't.
1: What happens if it
0: does? So, <laughs> I when when I mentioned Leaky that before. Leaky syndrome is that the talking about? No. So oh. what what I was talking about before with that was mainly the heartburn. So if it's okay. leaking the wrong way, it's so going oh, back upstream. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah, there are a few people that might have too high of stomach acid, um, and in their case, something like that PPI. That uh, Prevacid, Prilosec, would likely be more appropriate in the short term.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: But for the vast majority of people, we have too low stomach acid. So ways to increase it would be taking a shot of apple cider vinegar, getting more Yay. getting more acidic foods, which might seem counterintuitive, but all of this seems counterintuitive at this point. Um, You can also, a huge thing is just looking at the foods that are coming in to your diet. So assessing how many processed carbs are in there. Assessing, how quickly do I eat? What foods am I eating together? Is there a lot of sugar? Are there a lot of carbs? If you can take those out or just become aware of those while you're also working to increase the stomach acid, that can speed up the process. Okay. Um, There is supplementation that people do. So you can take betaine HCL which is Hydrochloric acid so you can introduce more acid into your stomach in h- there to help train <laughs> the stomach to produce its own So Hannah has done that before and It's essentially you just take some capsules with a meal. That's right. Yep Another thing some people do is take digestive bitters We've talked about this before we have so that bitter taste can also stimulate the stomach to secrete more gastric juices So my challenge okay Next time you have heartburn Which I hope you don't Hannah Yeah I really hope I never do again But if anyone out there Is listening And you have heartburn Or it's a daily thing And you are you are popping Tums Try flipping it Try getting a bottle Of apple cider vinegar Taking one to two tablespoons As yeah, you a shot you don't need much You don't need much It's
1: not like a full shot It's not like a two ounce shot It's no. like
0: Like a little sip Yeah wow. Take it Get Get a big spoon Not a little spoon Get a soup spoon Put some apple cider vinegar in there. Slurp it. And then chase it with just a sip of water. You don't need to drink a full cup. Just get that acid off your teeth. You don't want it there. If you're doing this repeatedly. And then see how that feels within five minutes. If that doesn't help the heartburn, take another shot. And then assess after that. Usually that's enough for people is one to two shots. So within a ten minute range. Yeah. And then after that, I would say start to food journal. So notice what foods are affecting the heartburn. Is it coming after one glass of wine? Does it have to be three glasses of wine? Is it after breakfast? Oh, is it after yeah. breakfast on the weekends, which are maybe going to be more carb-centric? Because that's right. maybe more, more out. fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. out of
1: the, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. That's what I have. That's great. That's, that's a stomach lot. stomach acid. Yeah. yeah so that is stomach acid. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about strict strength. Please. Okay. The reason I want to bring this up is because there is so much like, chatter in the world about kipping versus strict Ooh. with a lot of things but specifically the pull-up the pull-up yes there are many many instagram coaches in the world <laughs> online coaches not real coaches by the way they're not no they're just people with opinions oh they're like i oh that's not a pull-up in fact, this is a common phrase. TBH. Someone will post a video of themselves doing like 50 kipping pull-ups in a row, which is very impressive. Uh-huh. And then somebody else will comment, quote, and not a single pull-up was done that day. <gasps> End quote. Wow. The number of times I've seen that unoriginal blather. <laughs> God. And I'm here to say both are good. That's so kind. Do you hear me, world? <laughs> both kipping and strict pull-ups, handstand push-ups, uh, whatever thing you're thinking of, it's all good. You are good. There's a reason good. for both. Yeah. Okay? But we're talking about strict strength today, so we're going to be looking at, like, why do people complain about it, about kipping, and why do we actually want to develop develop some version of strict movement so uh, that's what we're gonna do cool what do you think cool I'm excited all right so th- why do you think people view kipping
0: as a problem um, because you are perhaps like compensating for that strength that you need to do a strict version of it by using other muscles
1: okay so yes people say, uh, one, they say, well, you're just not strong. If yeah. you have to keep, you're not strong. Yeah. Okay. What else do they think about it? They think that it's
0: cheating. They think, they think you're just, cheating. You just yeah. want to get numbers to right. like get through well, a workout. It's
1: essentially like you're flailing around, so it's cheating. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know what else they think about it. Those are yeah, my two go tos.
1: Well, the, yeah, other people say it, it's injury causing. Okay. Right? Yeah. That, that it doesn't actually make you strong, which you said. And that it looks like it's like flailing or cheating yeah so let's talk about those things in reverse order number one the cheating thing that one i think is just like misunderstanding because if you're in a workout in a crossfit setting your goal especially if you're competing is to get more reps more quickly yeah so that's exactly the kip is designed to help you do that Mm. it's not cheating anything because you're not comparing it to the number of strict pull-ups you can do If you were, then it wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah. Right? Right. So if you're saying, if someone says, well, I can do 10 strict pull-ups and you say, well, I can do 30 kipping, that's like comparing oranges and apples. Yeah. So that's just, I don't know, that's just a misunderstanding. Yeah. That that kind of language. The idea that it doesn't uh, make you strong and the idea that it could potentially cause injury, those things can lead us into our understanding about strict strength today. Okay. Okay, so... Um, is kipping actually a problem? No, it's not. If you are strong enough to do a strict movement, you are strong enough to kip yeah. without problem. Yeah. If you're able to complete strict reps, you will be easily able to complete kipping reps without creating injury in your body. And um, kipping is not a problem if you have developed some body control and awareness before you do it.
0: I was going to say, I mean, I feel like you could do any movement without the proper amount of strength or guidance. And, like, probably be tiptoeing the line of injury. Yes, exactly. So it's not just kipping.
1: Exactly. It's just that because CrossFit does kip. I mean, of course, gymnastics does, too. Yeah. But because CrossFitters do and people already dislike CrossFit, it's just, like, another way for them to target that and say, look, you shouldn't do it because it's dumb. You should just do what I'm doing.
0: But then they don't say that. They just go on Instagram and they type it out. exactly.
1: And what I'm saying is you are correct. That strict strength, the the type of strength you're doing, which is strict pull-ups, internet coach, is also very valuable. Right. But kipping pull-ups, kipping handstand push-ups, there's nothing inherently wrong with those things. Yeah. What's wrong is that when people start doing CrossFit, they want to be able to do those movements first Mm -hmm. without developing the proper strict strength okay
0: I hear ya yeah
1: so my goal for this episode is to help people understand that kipping is fine it can be very healthy it can help you uh, maintain full range of motion and stability and flexibility and do lots and lots of reps but it has to live in partnership with strict strength gotcha gotcha yeah and that goes for anything too like weightlifting if you think about uh, snatch Mm -hmm. well you know being able to do a tempo overhead squat where you're moving slowly down to the bottom position slowly coming up or you're doing an overhead squat just with a regular tempo but you're under more strict control Mm -hmm. is going to help you in a more explosive movement like the snatch sure yeah even if it's not kipping right it's just that strictness that will help you yeah so um the here are the reasons why I I say you should work on your strict strength. Uh Uh-huh. First of all, being able to move your own body weight load under a strict rep Mm -hmm. means you will be able to move it under a kipping rep Uh just as well and likely more safely. Sure. So you can imagine, like, if you weigh 150 pounds, if you can do a pull-up and you pull your body up over the bar, you're pulling 150 pounds. So when you do a kipping rep, And every time you come through the kip, you land 150 pounds on your shoulder. It won't be shocking to your body because you'll have already been able to achieve that movement at full range of motion in a strict form. So you've essentially
0: laid down the foundation to have a more dynamic movement. Right.
1: Versus if you can't do a strict rep and you are putting 150 pounds of load on your shoulder repeatedly, you may find... That you're more likely to cause injury because your body is not actually prepared for that.
0: It's like building a cake, Hannah.
1: Yeah. Gotta start with a toss icing all over the place. No, the cake's gonna fall in half. It's just gonna be sloppy icing. Who wants that? If you could have a beautiful cake instead. Right. And really the the thing is like you wanna be able to last a long time. Yeah not only in the sport, just like as a person, you want your shoulder to last, you want your legs to last, you want everything to be stable and strong and mobile your whole life. And you can't really do that without working on strict movements. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that when you're doing strict work, you're preparing your muscles for both a concentric and eccentric movement. So like putting your muscle under tension, hanging on a bar, um, squeezing tight, putting your weight into your hands like you're about to do a push-up when you're holding tension like that and then you contract your muscles so you shorten the distance um, that's your concentric movement okay and then your eccentric movement is when you're lengthening the muscles so gotcha. like in a push-up if you're at the top of the push-up um, you're lowering yourself down you're moving into the concentric uh-huh. you're pushing up you're moving into the eccentric okay okay same thing um, on the pull-ups. So. You, When you're doing that at a strict strength, you're going to be working your muscle in two different ways under tension and load. Mm. So you're going to p- better prepare your muscle for both directions. Right. Unlike when you're doing a kipping pull-up, you don't ever move through the eccentric phase mm. very purposefully. Right. You go through it really quickly. Yeah. And you do the concentric phase for a shorter period of time, just at the end. So you might be able to do kipping pull-ups, but you might... Mu- but that won't necessarily lead to strength in, your, in either movement. Does that make sense? Yeah. You will find that you strengthen your lats because you have to pull quite a bit anyway. Uh-huh. But you can also strengthen your lats during a strict movement. Sure. And then they'll be better, better prepared to uh, be functional in the kipping movement.
0: So the strict movement is more, would you say it's more well-rounded? Yes. In whatever it's training?
1: Yes. I would also just say it's better preparing you to be able to handle your body at all phases of a kipping movement. Gotcha. So, like even if, uh, we're talking about, uh, weightlifting element, we're talking about the clean. When you're doing, a front squat, you're controlling your descent and your, you have some muscles that are, uh, contracting and some that are lengthening. And if you get under a clean, your muscles will be able to go under tension faster and at different points sure so like if you're just doing cleans you might only be able to get under tension when you're at the bottom of your squat you might not be able to ever do a power clean or vice versa mm-hmm. uh, versus if you're doing front squats you're practicing the whole movement sure the whole range of motion so at each point you're gaining control mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah so same with pull-ups it's like you can do kipping pull-ups before you know how to do stri- uh, strict ones but if you like mess up your rhythm at all and you end up in a different phase of the contraction then you're going to get out of whack you might not be able to finish the rep right so it's going to be more effective and efficient for you to be able to do any type of movement i love it yeah and it will also translate better to like if you're doing kipping handstand push-ups that's great (laughs) but what if someone puts you in a deficit suddenly you can no longer do it Mm -hmm. um or they change the way your hands are positioned suddenly you can no longer do it If you can do it strict, you'll be more likely to be able to adapt to changes in the movement. Right. So that's just like for efficiency. But the other thing is that strict movements help you build smaller muscles, Mm. which you may may take for granted. Mm. But the important thing is those will help you increase your stability in the long run and maintain better flexibility.
0: So that'll help keep you safe and prevent injury. Exactly
1: so if you can maintain like let's think about your shoulders and the in the pull-up if you can maintain strength in the girdle and the shoulder girdle by doing strict pull-ups every time you come into that bottom of kip you won't be putting extra excessive tension on your shoulder girdle because your your smaller muscles will be strong enough Mm -hmm. to support you right so you're less likely to do things like get a slap tear or dislocate, or tear, tear your labrum. Yeah, a slap tear. Slap tear. A slap tear. Whoa. Tell
0: yeah, me what g- that is. Get a little
1: Google image search going. It's basically like the muscle disconnects from the bone, ah. like like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. We so, don't want that. Yeah, and it can specifically happen in your shoulders, between like right under your humeral, humeral head. It just like pops away. Uh huh. And um, they're all injuries that can be treat, you know, dealt with. But some of them can be like slow tearing. Yeah. Over the, a period of time. And the even less even more problematic than that is you don't get any tearing. You have no problems, but your smaller muscles are never developed, so you're constantly using big muscles to control your shoulder girdle, and that is going to limit your range of motion. Mm. Because now you don't have the flexibility that comes with a dynamic shoulder girdle. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you, those smaller muscles aren't working. You have big muscles contracting, and they're holding more tension on the shoulder itself. Right. So now, every time you go to move and be mobile in your shoulder, you no longer have the full like range of motion. Yeah. That you need. Yeah. So, um, and that's gonna be like a slower onset process. But way more damaging in the long run. Yeah. Because now you're more susceptible to all sorts of injury if you can't be mobile. Right. You want to be supple. Yes. yes. Like a leopard. Yeah. Um. So then that can prevent long-term injury and just make you feel like more capable of doing other stuff. Right? And ideally, and I feel like for so many athletes,
0: yeah, maybe they're becoming competitive. They're thinking about competitions later on. But I think a lot of athletes are coming to going to any gym yeah. to be healthy for their life Yes. so I think this is a very important subject and it's not, it's not about starting to get showy in class it's really thinking about how is my body being? how am I utilizing my body right yes. now and is that a safe way or are there other things that I could build first before I get into the movement that I want to be incorporating like yeah. a kipping pull up
1: yeah and like safety is a big part of that and then the other big part is um like do you actually want to be a good athlete? Because if you can do a bunch of kipping pull-ups, that's great, but if you can't do them strict, those kipping pull-ups are going to die out really quickly. Yeah. Because it's going to be completely reliant on whether or not you can make this big body whip, but you won't have any actual s- strength to finish the movement or to deal with possible fatigue in your lower body. Uh-huh. So, it, you if you want to be a better athlete, you, you just want to perform in CrossFit uh, competitions, you still have to do strict strength. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, Alex Lachance m- uh, mentioned it on the episode we did. Mm-hmm. She's like, people want the glory of 50 kipping pull-ups, but nobody wants to put in the work yeah. of five sets of 10 strict. Right. Three days a week. Oof. Yeah. It's not easy to build strict strength. Right. What's easier is to skip it and just try to kind of, like, figure out what other people are doing. But if you do build that strict strength... It's going to give you
0: so much in return for for all that work that you do put in.
1: Yeah, it's going to open up all sorts of doors and suddenly you'll be doing stuff you didn't expect to ever be able to do because you have better control. Um, The other thing is you can think about when if you're working through strict movements, you're going to have better body awareness and connectivity. So like if you're doing a hollow body position on the floor. And can you describe what that is for anyone who doesn't know? Sure. Lay on your back, press your low back into the floor and lift your feet, squeezing together and arms overhead. Mm-hmm. Pull your shoulders off the ground. So now you're in like a hollow position, hollowed out. Your belly is hollowed out. You look kind of like a boat. Yep. So if you can do that and then you can roll over on your stomach and lift your arms um, and feet that way, squeezing your butt and back into an arch position. If you can do those in a strict way on the floor with strength and control, Then when you get up to do that on the bar, in order to initiate a kipping movement, you have to do hollow to arch, hollow to arch. If you can do them on the floor, when you get up on the bar, it'll just be much more natural and Mm. easier for you to understand how those two movements connect. Right. Because your body will know what to do. Right. And you'll be able to generate more power that way. You will feel less like you're flailing. Um, Again, preventing injury, but also just generally looking smoother uh, in the pull-up, specifically, you'll prevent your hands from tearing. Mm-hmm. If you can be smoother on the bar. Mm. And you might be able to do things like you never expected to be able to do, like a handstand. Because oh. all of a sudden, your hollow position is really strong because you've been working on it. And you kick up into a handstand, and you can hold it because right. your core is really tight, and mm-hmm. you've been working on it. Mm-hmm. So boom. 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 Strict strength. Yep. Worth it. Um, the other thing is that strict full range of motion movements are going to help you prepare better for, for full range of motion faster movements
0: sounds so dreamy yeah full range of motion yeah Ooh.
1: but like if you're thinking about a snatch for example if you're doing a snatch and you're trying to be explosive in a full range of motion like a full extension with your butt squeezed super strong and all the way open training strict movement that same way is going to help you translate to that faster movement so like maybe you're doing um some heavier slow extensions maybe you're doing some ghd hip extensions yeah (laughs) just working on squeezing your butt with a weight a little bit slower Mm -hmm. anything you can do to slow it down and Experience the full range of motion under more tension is going to help you in your kipping movement
0: so when someone is thinking about this and they're thinking about breaking down the movement is this it sounds like something that it would be beneficial if they came to a gym space or they worked on this outside of class versus just showing up to class and maybe getting like a minute or so of a reintroduction to a movement
1: well it depends so like if you have a good coach they will already be anticipating this so we do a ton of gymnastics work in the beginning of classes for this very reason because it might be the only time that somebody decides to get up on the bar and try a pull-up right because if i'm saying you need to do five strict versus when we actually get to the workout they're just going to switch to ring rows because they know they can't do it right so i'm you know forcing them to have some time to practice it yeah uh and then also you know, you don't want the kind of coach who's gonna throw you up on the bar and just say like you need to keep around and try your best, mm-hmm. right? They don't. You don't want a coach who encourages that kind of behavior. Yeah. You want somebody who is both working with you on being explosive, but also understanding what your foundational needs are. Right. So, so like if you have the right coach, you have the right programming, you'll be fine. If you don't have access to that, then like one easy way to do anything is just to create yourself a little five by five. Five reps, five sets mm. of whatever it is, strict pull-ups, strict push-ups. Um, if you're working on, like, tempo, weightlifting reps, uh, there's a lot of things you can do. But if you're working on just, like, building some additional strength because you feel like it's lacking, five by five is an easy way to go. Cool. If you're, if you're doing your own program. Yeah, very helpful. Um, or, like, five by 50 seconds in a plank. Sure for example. Yeah. Uh, So, yes, you can, you can and should work on it on your own Mm -hmm. and then you should also look for a coach that's going to help you work on it by building it into the program. Yeah. Because it should just be built in. Not everything needs to be explosive. Yeah. Some of it needs to be slower. Yeah. Um, That being said, it's especially useful to, to build strict strength for athletes that are recovering from injury or demonstrating signs of future injury by not engaging muscles they need to be firing. Yeah. So, like, specifically the butt. <laughs> People come in, they have a problem with their back. Well, I'm going to get them into a position that's going to force them to fire their glutes in a strict, controlled movement. It wouldn't help them if I was just like, okay, I want you to jump 20 times. Oh, God, no. Because they might be jumping really fast and they're not engaging their glutes in order to do it. Yeah. But if I even had them load up their shoulders a little bit with a little bit of weight and then slowly push through a jump position so they're squeezing at the top, that would be a better version of that. Right. Or get them on the ground doing glute bridges, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Always talked about butts. <laughs> butts. Butts. Gotta have a butt butt episode soon. Yep. We really do. I mean Another we did, one?
0: Well we did gluten and glutes, but let's do uh, butts and uh, <laughs> butts and butts. I Buts I can think of stuff, stuff about butts. Yeah. So
1: So both are important, though. And I want to be clear that, like, if you're working on strict strength, you're doing the right thing. But if you're avoiding explosive movement in exchange for strict strength, um, you better have a reason for doing it. If it's because you're injured and you're trying to come back, that makes perfect sense to me. You should move in a slower way until you recovered. But if it's just because you have a bias against explosive or kipping movements, you might want to check that ego a little bit. (laughs) Because you can just do strict strength, but you're going to be slow. Yeah. You're going to be slow, and you're going to be like, you know, you're not going to have access to a lot of other things, like agility. You'll be less adaptable. Yes, exactly. You're going to take one step laterally and tear your ACL. Oh. oh. I'm just saying. (laughs) you got to have the ability to be both agile, balanced, strong in a strict way, explosive, powerful. All of those things need to come at once. You can't just sacrifice one for the other. Just like you can't just do kipping. You have to do strict and you have to be explosive. That's just how it is. You just want to be a well-rounded body nerd. Yeah. If you want to just do strict stuff and that's okay for you, fine. But just don't be crapping on people that are doing explosive (laughs) movements. Yeah. And they won't crap on you for being slow when you try to go for a jog. Get off that Instagram. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. And honestly, if you're working on explosivity and you're trying to be someone like... If you're trying to be a really good powerlifter, for example... Powerlifters also have to do explosive movement in different varieties. Maybe oh, yeah. Maybe they're not kipping pull-ups. But if they want to get out of the bottom of a heavy squat, they need a little bit of go Yeah. in order to do that. Yeah. Um, and especially if they want to be competition ready, you know. So anyway. Wow. I guess the point is this. Both kipping and strength, kipping and strict are good. Being explosive and being slow are both good. They live in tandem with each other. You can't have one without the other. Cool so
0: good yeah do you have a challenge for me hannah yeah okay do tell (laughs) can you guess what it is where can i pull up well yeah (laughs) or my or do like hashtag butt stuff
1: yeah i want you to find an opportunity next week to get early to class and do a five by five of strict pull-ups one day Uh uh-huh strict push-ups a different day okay maybe even tempo push-ups so nice and slow down to the bottom yeah and then a different day, I want you to choose a butt exercise, and you could choose glute bridges, weighted glute bridges if you want, um, or I could show you how to do GHD hip extensions. Mm-hmm. And I want you just to pick three days, five by five, on each day of one of those three movements. Okay. And just, like, see how you feel that day. Done. Cool. Love it. Cool. Cool. That's a challenge.
0: Okay. Any questions about that strict stuff? No, that makes total sense, and I think it's something that um, as a, <laughs> a novice Athlete, Something that I don't think I, I break it down into those categories. I'm just like, oh, man, someone's so good. They can kip.
1: That's right. cool.
0: They could probably do just like a normal pull up. It's it, it, for me and how I have thought about it before. It's not strict versus dynamic. Yeah. It's like
1: normal or like faster. Yeah. <laughs> and really, they're pretty different. Yeah, yeah they like are. It's different muscle groups that are at you know we talked about this before like you're in that lean back position so you're way more lat engaged right versus if you're hanging you're looking at like your lats but also biceps deltoids like everything's engaging for a strict right um your rhomboids like everything has to be more tense so I I can personally tell even if I've not had the athlete before and I see them do a kipping pull up I can tell if they if they can do a strict one or not mm. same with muscle ups Love you it. can just tell yeah like you just people who can do a strict version just are more connected
0: yeah when they move yeah so they have that total body awareness yep. Or fuller body awareness yes yeah
1: and they're not trying to do things like use their neck <laughs> to like neck over the bar or whatever yeah. it is yeah or like in kipping handstand push-ups for example they're not like throwing their head right because they don't need to yeah. They know that they have the strength enough to do it
0: totally such a good episode i know
1: so that's that pumped Uh, it's kind of an episode for the haters and the lovers you know what I mean yeah haters gonna hate Prilosec is gonna Prilosec (laughs) ouch (laughs) but it's okay if it does but also like check that shit out because that is not I don't know I've had so many doctors try to prescribe me with Prilosec oh for my voice damn and I went to one speech therapist and she was like no yeah you never need to do that you're gonna be on it forever it's not the problem no You you don't have acid in your throat. It's not like burning your, you know. Yeah.
0: Anyway. That's the thing. I think it also, a lot of what our show talks about is advocating for your own health and being your own health nerd. So really questioning why, why am I getting heartburn? What's actually going on? Why, why do I get heartburn even though I take Tums every day? Shouldn't the Tums be fixing it? Right. Are they fixing it? Question mark.
1: Question mark. (laughs) Why
0: can't I do a kipping pull up? why what's going on what muscles am
1: i using right it's it's likely not just your coordination yeah it's like something's missing yeah well the good news is you can always hire me to coach you on that <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy to do it hey you can buy my six-week pull-up program love that program just I'd, email me coach at sokana i did that com. program and it was
0: very very effective and very useful yeah
1: and you don't need to have a crossfit gym to do it you just need a pull-up bar yeah and, like, a couple bands. Yeah. So you could do it at LA Fitness or whatever. Just hit me up, girl. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Taj came in the middle of this episode, stood outside the door, and dropped out something out there for me. Oh. That's literally what Taj does in this world. She is, like the like, the fairy godmother you've always wanted, and she's also our producer just because she loves us. Thank you, Taz. We pay her in hugs. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, find us at Solcana Podcast on Twitter. Please subscribe on iTunes. Write us a little review. We could, lo- we would love a review on iTunes. Yeah, bumps us up that iTunes chart from zero to whatever. We might pay you in a <laughs> hug if so we see you. Yeah, we'll pay you with a hug, and uh, you know, just keep us informed about your questions because we're always looking for more things to talk about on uh, SokanaCast we'll catch you next week catch you next week uh next week we're gonna have a special episode we're gonna be talking about race we're talking about racial equity uh it's kind of like a stepping out of our normal routine type of week but um we feel like it's necessary we're really excited to do it Definitely. and uh, we're really excited to hear your feedback on it so yeah. we'll talk to you and talk to you next week so tune in all right Bye-bye. bye bye
0: cast is produced by taj ruler subscribe on itunes or visit sulconacast.libsyn.com that's l-i-b-s-y-n.com for full episode information you can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness join in on the conversation over on facebook twitter and instagram at Sulcona CrossFit.
1: see you there